spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. G, 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 take me away. Welcome to another episode of the Gary Hour. I am your host, Gary Levitt. This week I talk to actor, comedian, 9-11 first responder, and dangerous photojournalist PJ Landers. PJ tells some gruesome stories about what it was like down there on Ground Zero on 9-11 and 9-12. And uh, then we hear about what made him get into photojournalism. Why would you stay up late at night listening to a police scanner to dive into the danger? This episode is brought to you by Future Moments, makers of mobile apps for content creation. If you're a filmmaker, a musician, a podcaster, voiceover artist, or just someone that does creative things on their phone, like take videos, go to the App Store, search for Future Moments, because they have an app that'll make your life easier and your productions better. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes. There's links in there that we mention in this podcast, links to PJ's endeavors. Email me and leave a review. <laughs> we'll find out. PJ Landers, all right, you have a, a lot of stuff going on, but uh, first I wanted to ask you about your photojournalism where you you must have a police receiver so you put yourself in the way of uh crazy stuff you have videos on your website you've you rush off to a hostage negotiation uh 9-11 you have all these crazy videos uh what makes you want to put yourself in the way of such danger it, i i think you know originally when i i've always been taking photos mm-hmm. uh but this is video. It is. It's and video. And you're like it's up video. in the person's face. I saw that video. They're arresting the guy. And you're right up there and you're asking him questions. Yeah, I don't know how all of that happened. It happened pretty quickly. I, I, it, the break in it happened right after 
Mm-hmm. The uh, break in what? Of me like doing that as a quasi-profession or finding my way into that world yeah it's a dangerous world it is it is you know a lot of that stuff i you know i've been arrested twice i actually have a a situation right now that i'm in a dispute with the police department over an arrest they arrested you for what they arrested me for inciting uh originally disobedience and inciting a riot is that because you're filming and they didn't want i was filming yeah and actually i'm a you know a photojournalist meaning i have actual police credentials from the police department oh these are credentials you can get yes yes you get them as a you know as a journalist you know if you're proven to to be somebody they they do a search on you and you you can get this pass and and it somewhat it means nothing Mm -hmm. you know but but in certain cases like this one it should have meant something you know when i got arrested because they should have recognized that i was there doing something other than protesting like these thousands of other people right and you're we're allowed to film we're allowed to film we're allowed to film see see, the the world is strange now like when i started filming it you would only get a few people saying hey don't do that don't do this but you know uh, the cops were always worried about filming well i saw the one video that you have where they get the guy down and then they and i've seen them do this before they line up and they block vision they form a circle around so you can't see that they're beating the guy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then, you know, what what sucks for the, these guys and see like l- l- let me go back. Like so in in 2001, I started I was down at 9/11 and when I say down there I was I was volunteering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was down there the very first day as the second tower fell. You were there. I I appeared there and came there. Wow. I came out of a tunnel. I ran through the the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. And when I came out, I met two guys, and I had no idea what was happening. I saw all this dust, and mm-hmm. you couldn't see for more than like 10 feet in the air. And I didn't even understand what was going so on. where were you when you heard something was happening? Originally, like the whole thing? Yeah, because so, you must have grabbed your camera and ran, you ran I, through I, the tunnel. I, this is what happened. This is what happened. I'll give you the quick one. I forgot that you've... Uh, we should play guitar in a little bit, <laughs> besides me hitting it. <laughs> I, uh, I was uh, dropping off my kid for his second day of first grade Mm -hmm. and i got back in the car and the radio said 10 10 wind said a plane has hit the twin towers and i immediately said that's strange so i wasn't doing any photojournalism crap at all Mm -hmm. never nothing only once in a while i might have given a picture to the local newspaper but no understanding of what i'm about to tell you and go through right but i always had a camera because i had kids so i was filming everything that was my thing i was filming my comedy i was filming i used to film and i still do i film everything that's a funny uh funny you have batch of film there you've got your kids and then you've got 9-11 on the same back to back the same but sometimes on the same tape and sometimes these kids would go and we'll get to it later but sometimes the boys would go with me Mm -hmm. on these little runs so i i went to the house and uh, i turned on the tv and as soon as i saw that i was like this is a terrorist attack my wife goes no look at that it's about i'm like it's a clear day look at this i called my mother i go she goes what do you think i go this is a terrorist attack i, I don't know what to do we'll get we're, it looks like we're being attacked after the first plane you after the that. first plane as soon as I, I thought that so i can't i can't think about right now time-wise because i really don't I, honestly i haven't told the story in a long time but what happened was we were watching like channel one mm-hmm. when a, the camera went wide and i was on the phone with my mother i go ma 
Ma, and she goes, I see it. I go, Ma, look at that. And my, and my wife and my little baby were there. And I go, oh, and I screamed. And boom, I saw the second plane hit through the television. Live. Live through the television. Yeah. That's when I knew, like when I think about it now after 17 years, but even before that, about three or four years after I woke up out of my consciousness or depression, I realized that's when I went crazy. Like I knew we were under attack. Like, attack like this was an attack yeah like immediately so um i wasn't thinking so clearly because if i was i would have told my wife and baby to come with me as we go pick up my child right who is at school right but instead i sent my wife and child to staten island mm-hmm. to go to a friend's house to relax over there in case anything was going crazy and my kid was at school, and I started driving to the city to go help. Was your wife like, "What are you doing?" She did. She she goes, "What are you going to do?" I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Ha- I, I I'm not even actually hundred percent sure as that you asked me that what I said I was doing. Yeah. Now that I think about it, you just clicked in, into a state. I yeah, but then like fi- like I put her on. So we're in we're in Brooklyn. We're in Bay Ridge. And the Staten Island Expressway and the uh, the Verrazano was right there. Mm-hmm. So I send her along. And as I drive to the city, I'm about five blocks away. I said, wait a second. I got to get the other kid. I said, this is it. Right. We're done. This is, this is going to be a full-blown attack. Yeah. So I go up to the school who knows me for three days, right? You could do an orientation. Right. And you meet everybody. Hi, how are you? You know, I got these little kids. My kids are Irish, Italian, and Puerto Rican, right? Because uh-huh. my wife, my ex-wife is Puerto Rican. I'm Irish and Italian. So I go up there. Maybe some of the women in the office notice me. Maybe they don't, even though I'm pretty visible. Mm-hmm. But it's the second day. And I run up into the office. I say hi to the, ma- to the thing. Hi, I need to go to the office, pick up my child. They're like, oh, okay, go ahead. You know, the security. Right. So they let you up to the main office. And I go, hi, I, I need to, hi, Hi, everybody. Hi. Nobody's like paying attention. Well, it was 9-11 there too. So they're freaking out, right? It was, it was, let's, let's like in our heads, I can't even think, whatever that second plane crashed. Yeah. These people in the office were not listening to 1010 Winter News. They had no idea. It was the second day of school. Right. So I am at the desk going, people. Look at me. I need my kid right now. Who, who, who are you? Who are you? My name is Landers. My kid is, this is the second day of school. I realize this, but we're under attack right now. And people are going, sir, what are you talking about? I said, ma'am, there is an attack. Two planes have gone into the World Trade Center. You broke the news to this whole school. They're, sir, they're thinking you're a lunatic. They're- sir, please, sir. Yeah. Don't please, just... Some woman gets off the phone. Oh, my God, it's true. There's two planes going into the thing. I said, go get my son right now. So somebody goes and gets the kid. Mm-hmm. And the kid and I come out. You know, he always loves seeing me. Hey, yeah, you know. I go, come on, buddy. All right, I'll see you guys. So we're walking down the stairs. And as we're walking down the stairs, all these people are rushing towards the school to get their kids. Other parents. Other parents. So now I'm in the car already. I'm driving. I'm like, what am I going to do? I try to get to Staten Island. They already stopped me. Right, cop, one cop, Wait, one cop. So go ahead. Why did he stop you? 
because they they stopped all traffic to everywhere. Right. You there was no going over to Staten Island. They stopped all traffic. They they were attacked. Right. So you stop everything. Every roadway was stopped. There and there's there's searching people. Not even searching people. Just not letting people get on. Right. Because they don't know. They don't know what's going to happen. Right. Like a murder on a train. No one leaves the train. Nobody leaves the train. Train is stopping. Right. And we're not searching right now, but nobody's moving at all. So there's one cop. I said, listen, man, I got I to gotta get over there. I just sent my wife over there. I'm with this kid. He's like, no, man, you can't go. You can't go. They're closing off the other side. I said, listen, I got to be with my kid. And I will tell you... Now I would have gone and told him, listen, dude, I'm a good guy. I'm going and just fucking plowing right by him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not like his car was going, you know, I didn't have to knock his car down. Or right. Anything. He was just one cop stopping people like this. Yeah. And, you know, the mentality is still respect the law and all that other shit. Right. But next time I'm going right by that poor cop and he's shooting out my windows or something. Yeah. Good luck. You know, but. That's what I would do. You might have gotten away with it at that time because the cops were probably spread thin and he probably wouldn't. He He wouldn't even have thought I was anything but who I was. They would have called ahead and maybe on the other side. But, you know, if I'm going crazy of my thought. Yeah. He would have just let me go. Yeah. Because he saw who I was. You know, even back then, like, if you see me, I look like I'm your, you know, I maybe went to training cop school with you. You know, right. Yeah. You're a big, tall guy. Red hair, Red hair, Irish yeah. looking. I have mm-hmm. that look, you know. Now I have my Serpico beard on, or mm-hmm. I'm doing uh, Cat Cat Stevens <laughs> or Yosef Yo- uh, Islam. You, you're doing you're doing the Yosef USA. Yeah, right, right. Well, actually, you look more than him than I do with you. Oh yeah, I'm, with your brownness. That's right. But I um, I got to uh, I got to uh, I left there and and I said, all right, I'll go to my father-in-laws who lived in sunset park Mm -hmm. so i'm in i'm in bay ridge sunset park is here and the city is here so from my uh father-in-law's stoop you could see the twin towers they're right see them burning yeah you because they're down by sunset park is down by the water right so you could see like the all this you know so I give the kid to my father-in-law. He goes, Patrick, he's very, he, he speaks broken English or broken Spanish, whichever one you want to say. Uh-huh. And your, your dad. My, my, your father-in-law. My father-in-law, right. yeah. Yeah, Seiko. Great guy. You know, been here thousands of years. You know, grew up in Puerto Rico. So did his uh, wife, my mother-in-law. They're beautiful, wonderful people. So he says to me, uh, where are you going? I'm, I'm, I'm like, here, take, take the kid. He goes, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go help. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, Seiko, we're under attack. This is this is it. This We're done. Yeah. And he goes, come, come in the house. I said, no, Seiko, I got to go. Take care of my son. Take care of my son, you know. And I gave him uh, like a big hug. Yeah. And, you know, I jumped in the car and I was driving and like, I'm, I'm driving from like, this is about 48th Street and 3rd Avenue to what I think is going to be either the tunnel or the bridge. I'm not even really totally thinking yet. And I'm driving and people are stopping it at the red lights. Right. And I, and I yell at this fucking, this, this sanitation guy. I go, dude, do you know what the fuck is going on? He goes, no, dude, what the fuck is going on? Oh no. You're in a fucking road rage fight. Cause I'm like, I don't, you know, I come up to some guy, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I said, dude, we're under attack. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, two planes just crashed into 
the the twin towers. Yeah. He goes, get the fuck out of here. I go, dude, I'm not fucking with you. And then I didn't stop from then to the all. I, every red light, I blew. Mm-hmm. I blew it. I blew, you know, you blew. I didn't give a shit. You're gonna pull. Nobody's gonna pull me over because. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Did you have a game plan? You're like, I'm going to go in and help, but what, help That's in what, what way? I, I, the only thing I thought of is with my military background, with me being a helper my whole life, and one of these guys that sees something and does something, yeah. not only do I say something, but I do something. Right. You know. You were in the military. I was in the military for a couple of years, but that just enhanced the what, person who I am. What branch? I was in the Army, the U.S. Army. Okay. I was in, stationed in uh, Fort Hood, Texas for a little bit in the uh, 1st Cavalry. This was in the late 80s. Didn't go to combat at all, mm-hmm. but did all that training for that. You was know? that the Gulf War around there? It was right near there. Like I, I literally got out right as the Gulf War was starting. Oh, lucky. So, yeah, kind of lucky. Yeah, like all my guys who stayed in for the extra years, like I got out as soon as I could. Yeah. These guys got the extra bonus and stayed in. All of those guys went to Iraq for the- I want to hear more about this and why you joined, but I don't want to interrupt this story. Yeah. Keep going. This so, is great. So I- um, I'm now. Um, you, did you have any material supplies? Uh, are you prepared? You have a nothing gas nothing, mask or nothing. anything? There's no. There's no thought of any of this. Like you're just running in there blindly, kind of. Right. When you talk about prepared, when you talk about prepared and everything, when I'm looking back at it now, and again, it's interesting to have these thoughts in my head as I'm telling them to you because I haven't thought about this in a while. Yeah. You know, a little bit today when I sent you the link. Wanted to make some, make sure some of the pitches worked. I was like, oh, I remember the, you know, you, you kind of. I just ironically just showed my son last week the picture of like somebody else took of me facing north with all the smoke and a couple of firemen. Yeah, of of woman took that picture. Yeah, it's on the website. I'll, on, yeah, I'll, yeah, the yeah, links. Yeah. Well, the link will be in the show yeah, notes. yeah, yeah. So that like that photo, you know, it reminds me of that. But you know, when I'm thinking about that, there was no plan to just go and help. And that doesn't mean anything to me. So you me. felt some sort of duty, some obligation? Is that, is that from the army training? But that's not army training. It's just, although when you say army training, I think, like I said, I was just about to say before, it enhanced my attitude towards things. Right. Like, for instance, I would have probably went to help somehow anyway. Is it a love of people? Or a feeling of duty or service? Like, most people wouldn't do that. I think it's probably a thing where like always helping. I always, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't, and I can't analyze it though, but you know, I'm an only child, no father, you know, mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, we had really good friends and we always stuck together, stuck together, stuck together. Yeah. You had to take care of your mom. Probably. You probably felt this, a little like, bit a like that house. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I just, I didn't understand things mm-hmm. and, and I believe maybe that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, I just also felt that I always I always wanted to right the wrong. Maybe you just you grow up that way. You just know right. something's wrong. Like I remember the first time I had physically said, uh, mentally said to, in my head, vi- visualized to my mother. I'm like, um, I don't know what I just said. Good stuff. Uh, I said to my mother, "Why are they? Why are those dogs attacking those uh, those people?" And and she looked at the TV and she goes. Oh, those those are the Atlanta. Those are the black folks. The, I'm like, why are those? I'm like, 
you know, like James, my buddy, like black folks like that. Uh-huh. Why are they being attacked? Right. And she goes, oh, those people down there, they don't like black people. I'm like, down where? She goes, down south. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to the fucking south. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And I was like, this was whatever. You know that? Fake? And that's the other strange thing about the, the photo that I'm telling you or the video. You've seen it, right? You've yep. seen the dogs. Do you realize if you watch all those, that's the same exact footage that everybody uses. That's just by chance that that they have those particular videos that one guy right that's the stock footage that's the stock footage man and there's a lot of that it's the same day it's bull it's this guy bull from very famous racist sheriff or uh from the town Mm -hmm. um uh he used the hoses on them right Uh, yep yep that's where that that stuff started which was that so i don't know i think i just uh, i've always maybe it was the the cup scouts and always be prepared and always help out Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know i was always good like that you know it's maybe attention because i'm an only child and i but but you weren't thinking about it like a game of chess you weren't like okay i'm gonna get there then i'm gonna do this move then if that happens i'll do this i'm prepared for that i thought now that you say that i think for a few minutes i was saying to myself how am i going to get up the building how am i going to help getting up the i guess i'll be helping evacuate people out of the building Mm mm-hmm that was the only quick thought. Right. Because after that, seriously, that was like maybe right after I yelled at the, the guy. Do you have some sort of army badge or something where they'll let even let you near it? <clears throat> no, because nobody even understood what was happening. Right. No one's prepared for Dude, that. Dude, you have to understand, this is happening live. <laughs> People are evacuating. So what's happening now is everybody has left the building. Yeah. All the shit that you've seen on TV that I didn't get to see until later that night or later in the afternoon, was happening to people. Right, jumping out the window because of the heat. All of it, the burning, the, the, the even before the collapse, all of that shit was happening. Like, I'm traveling to get to the thing. Right. Okay? So let's say, and we could, I, I haven't done this time-wise in a long time, but let's say the first tower falls, and now I'm probably right at the 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 foot of the, the I was going to drive into the, Brooklyn Battery Tunnel Mm -hmm. because I thought it would be open. Right. Why would a tunnel be open? Now you realize it. Yeah. Of course, they're going to close everything. That's why the bridges were closed. Right. That's why the roads are closed. I'm getting lucky because I'm just zigging, zagging. Nobody's understanding. Nobody's getting reports or anything. So I just pull my car over and my camera is in my car. Mm -hmm. And I consciously say to myself, don't bring the camera because if you do, they might stop you as you're going to help. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why the fuck I said that because I have never been in the situation where somebody says, "Sir, do you have a camera? You cannot come in." I've never been. A, I've never been a journalist. Right. All those, all that shit that you saw, I had never experienced even to have the knowledge. Right. But I thought in my head, okay, I, I, I'm like, should I, br- should I bring the camera? I'm like, no, wait, I'll just, I'll tell them I'm Red Cross. Well, that's maybe, how I'll get there. Yeah. Well, you were going to help, not to document. That's the other thing, right? There's no understanding yeah. of what I'm going to see on the other end. Right. So, yes. Now, at this point in my life, if something happened out the window, I'm doing both. Mm-hmm. And I've done both since that day. I've done both. I right. film and I document and I help. Yeah. I do it all. I pull hose for fire. So, this happens. I jump out of the car. I don't grab the camera. I, I park. I run down towards the 
to the tunnel where you would go with the cars. And all of these people, thousands of people are coming out on the right side. Like, let's say there's two lanes. Yeah. On one side, it's very organized. People are just coming out and they're just walking. And I'm walking on the other side and people are stopping me. This guy stopped me. I go, Red Cross, Red Cross. He goes, all right, go ahead. Good luck. Right. People are telling me, good luck, good luck. This, uh, this, You're not uh, in the Red Cross. No, I'm, I'm not in. I'm not, I'm not in anything. I'm in anything. They're like he's red, Red Cross. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I start walking a little faster, and people, thousands of people, you know, where people are going. You're going the wrong way, man. I go. I'm going to help. I got stopped one other time by a guy. He goes, "Where are you going?" I go, "I'm Red Cross." He goes, "Nah, man, you can't go there." He goes, "You got to turn around." I said, "Man, I'm with the Red Cross. I got to get there. We got people down." Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Seriously. But it's said with confidence, and that's what works. It's said that I'm going to go help. <laughs> I don't care because I don't even know. He didn't tell me there's buildings down. He didn't say anything specific either to tell me, to deter me. Right. And who was it? Was it a, a cop? It was a, yeah, it was An one officer? of the cops in, okay. the, in the tunnel, one of the tunnel cops. Right. You know. So now I'm halfway. I'm running. I am start to run. So now I'm running and running and running and like a pace, like not I'm pacing because I'm a little out of shape. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So I stop. I'm walking fast, and I and I and I look left and right, and I realize, holy shit, I'm in this tunnel by myself. All the people that had come through have now gone past me, and I just haven't recognized it. So I look re- left and right, and I don't see anybody. It's starting to feel like a ghost town. There's no sound. There's one truck comes flying through, and he goes, "Go, go!" That's all he says. He goes, "Go, keep going." So I get to the middle and i see i'm looking towards the end i see all this like what i i think is smoke you know and i get closer and this guy comes out he's a black dude he's full of fucking like stuff (laughs) dust and suit but i don't even know what it is right right because you you i don't know what it is i can't comprehend what is the matter with this guy i see smoke and then when i get close i realize it's not smoke it's dust and soot and this this stuff that's like not floating, not th- it's, it's like like that, like there's there's suspended. It, it's just thank you. That's yeah. a great word. It's a, you know, and this shit, and then you do this, and it. Well, that's how mu- reality must have felt. That's funny, man. These are all great things. I'm feeling very good. Feeling, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. You know, I mean, moving the reality around. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was like a star. It was almost like a Van Gogh fucking thing moving shit around right you've seen the ripples of the energy and the movements that's what was happening man it was yeah. a whole like now that i'm thinking about it and i can that's great i love all this i gotta remember this uh well we're recording this now so yeah good so we'll, you don't have to remember anything <laughs> good 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 it's it's here and said so i i got to um i got to this guy and through this smoke this dude comes through the black dude just comes walking mm-hmm. by himself out of this weird still suspended dust yeah and he's right in front of me and i go dude are you okay he's like i'm doing i'm wiping his mouth and his nose and his eyes and it's full of this soot that we've seen on tv a hundred times right and he goes man i just got out okay i can't breathe man so i go come on come on we'll just We'll just walk back. So I just I started like walking back towards Brooklyn. I don't know. I'm 20 feet from the end of the tunnel. I don't realize the tunnel end is right there. Right. I, I'm going back. An ambulance comes out of nowhere. I stop. We get this guy on, mm-hmm. and I go, "What's going on, man?" He goes, "Oh, it's hectic, man. It's fucking it's hectic." 
hectic. Come on, get in. I go, no, man, I got to I gotta go help. He goes, no, man, it, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. He doesn't say the buildings have fallen. Right. He doesn't say don't go because you don't know what. He doesn't say anything. He's like, all right, man, good luck, good luck. You know, and right. he's just come from there. Like, in other words, his his ambulance, I don't know how he did it. He was on the other side. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, he came from, that's what happened. He had just come from the city on the other side and now was coming through the tunnel to check to see if there was anybody like us. Uh-huh. So he grabbed this guy. I started walking towards the city. Did you ever hear again from that guy? No, but I tried. To, which which guy actually? The guy you put in the ambulance? No, but again, and this is just every time I kind of tell this story, and I probably, you know, I, I say I might have told it a million times, but I haven't, especially in length like this. But I always think I could probably find out mm-hmm. because the hospital that he went to is a hospital that I'm affiliated with. I have friends and family there, and mm-hmm. I could probably find out the day, the day and time of checking. The day and time of checking, because he was a very unique gentleman. You right. know, they, they didn't have a lot. So now I come through the tunnel, and I'm seeing this more of this suspended stuff, and I'm hearing louder noises, almost like a. This is the way I, I was saying it is about a thousand car crashes all happening at once and not stopping. Right. <laughs> Dust like, everywhere. Dust everywhere. Constant dust. Mm-hmm. And you can't see above. I'm 6'5", six, 6'4 six, and a half, you know, 6'5 in heels. <laughs> or if my self-esteem is good. <laughs> Depending on the day. <laughs> on both of those things. I could be fucking 5'3". <laughs> and uh, the du- maybe like 10 or 15 feet in the air is the highest that the ceiling goes. Mm-hmm. So there's this, other than that, there's the, when 15 feet are higher, there's this wickedly, like, Again, three-dimensional kind of like what is happening above my head. I yeah. don't. I don't understand even to this day. What's the word? Not uh, you know chemically or biologically. You know physically happened. What's that word? You know when physic when something is physics 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 the physics of it all. The yeah. Physics. I don't know how there was like. Ten feet ahead of me was this evilness of this heavy smoke that was just lying there. Right. Well, it's like oil and water; it'll separate. That's okay. Like imagine that. that completely. It was oil and water, and then I'm I'm underneath this thing where there's dust, which is the picture you've seen. Like yep. that's what we're seeing constantly. I don't know what I'm stepping. I don't realize what is happening yet. So I see these two guys. They have correction uh, jackets on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, correction meaning the prison system. And I said, what's going on, guys? What's up? What's all that noise? He goes, man, they're gone, man. I go, they're gone? What's gone? What are you talking about? He goes, they're gone, man. The buildings, they're gone. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, the towers, man. They're both gone. Both of the towers. I go, what? He goes, just go look. And they both start like weeping a little bit. And I, I start walking up. And I'm I'm looking towards I I don't know where I am I'm, I I wind up like I'm on Liberty going towards North mm-hmm. so I'm I'm from the tunnel going up that block mm-hmm. you're less than a mile away yeah yeah like uh whatever that is that's like five blocks away not yeah. even you know so now I get to this one spot and I see uh this guy and and he's in a building and he's like the janitor of a school or something. And he uh, he goes, yeah, man, just stay in here. Something's going on up there. I think the buildings fell. And I go, the building fell down. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, I'm going to go out. I said, can I come back in case I need to breathe? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll leave the door open. 
So I go out and now I get to the corner and I look up and like the movie Planet of the Apes, the wind blows left and right and I see the towers, like a part of the fucking towers, like one of the shots that I have, which was like a day later because I wasn't taking pictures that day at all. Yeah. I looked at that and it was this huge like... I don't know, it must have been 15-story piece of metal right, that was right in front of me. And I started looking around, and there was nobody around. There was nobody around. There was four or five firemen up ahead of me. It's like an eerie silence. Dude, there was a silence that all you heard was all that cracking mm-hmm. and all this noise but and wind a little bit. People, help, I need water. I need water. Yeah. So I got it. I got into some stores. I started grabbing bottles, helping firemen, but I didn't understand what to do. I didn't understand what was happening. Buildings were burning like like unbelievable burning that you've never seen. Is it anarchy where you're just going into a store and grabbing stuff and grabbing stealing stuff? It? Steal, you know, like I went into this one place. I, you know, one guy. I it was a Mexican dude. I was like, I was going to leave money. I just took it. I was like, just tell your boss we took it. You know. Yeah. Like it was it was a craziness like that. It's yeah. like. I, I I feel bad, you know, certain things that I did, like I, I frightened certain people that day, you know, right. even some like, you know, reporters, because I didn't even know what reporting was. Mm-hmm. Some guy was taking pictures of me and I'm like, dude, just fucking help me. I'm, I'm busting my ass. I was shoveling. Right. So anyway, again, I don't know really what's happening. All I know is I'm looking, I'm walking around, looking, not taking pictures, I look up and the flames from this, from which was when the towers fell, they fell on the smaller black buildings that were the lower part of the towers. And those burned completely. Mm-hmm. And the heat, like, like you know, three, three houses away is where the burning was happening. Yeah. And you f- felt it here like yeah. it was standing in front of it. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of it. A lot, and, of, a lot and, of burning. A lot of burning. And when you look through, all you saw were the wavily lines from the heat. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, man, this is crazy. Flag was still fucking burn. You know, flag was still flying. Yeah. It, it was so surreal. And and I just stood there, and I, I didn't know what to do. And then I, I, I started feeding people water again. And then I went down to this one area, and I'm still just like right in this one block area because I don't know, you know, I see some priest from down the block. I go, Father, what's going on? He goes, I have no idea, son. Black dude, I have no idea. Pray, pray, or whatever he said. I said, I don't know what the hell is going on. And no one's asking you why are you here? Because there's nobody here to ask, bro. I'm telling you, there's less than 10 to 20 people. If there was 30 people down at that time for like an hour, nobody came down to where we were. Right. Like Everyone for, ran away. They all ran away. Everybody's gone. And the other thing that I did not realize is that the towers, where I am, the towers did not fall. The towers basically fell straight down and towards the west. Mm-hmm. Nothing fell really towards the east part. Right. You know, the buildings fell straight down. Like, I could show you pictures of, like, when it happened. You'll be like, oh, everything went to, like, that way, that way for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. So, there was all sorts of shit down by the West Side Highway that I didn't even get to until about 8 or 9 o'clock at night before I left. I mean, can you hear people screaming, seeing people jumping from the window? I was not part of that at all. Okay. I got, I Luckily, I did not get part of that at all. I got... The buildings had already collapsed completely. Right. And there was nobody yelling for help. 
There was, like I said, with all you heard was this crackling and this burning, but there was nobody help, help. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where to search for people. I kind of was walking through this debris, which was about two feet deep of paper and weird shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I was walking through it kind of like in my head. Okay, I'll, I'll find somebody, you know, right. That's, that's what it went through originally. You know, could you breathe? Were you worried about, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't notice. I didn't Mm -hmm. notice that I was breathing weirdly, you know, later in the day, like 12 hours in of, of trying to help out i went to a medic and she's like oh yeah you shouldn't go back out there you're not breathing right right you know, so i got in a whole bunch of oxygen for about 20 minutes and i just went back out you know you went back i went back out and then just got another spot and and then i actually at one point we had this this uh i met two other guys one guy who happened to be from my neighborhood mm-hmm. this guy rob robert uh we uh we were in uh we had this uh shopping cart and we kept like getting water putting it there and then walking down the block which was west which is where these big fires were happening yeah there were fire and people were you know i tried to search like i didn't even know what to do there were these piles so i was following a couple of these dudes these uh um not teams is you know the metal workers Mm -hmm. you know the iron workers yeah some of these guys were jumping up on this iron and bouncing so i tried to go up there with all this heat yeah. And this is the pile of the buildings that just fall down. And I'm still not conscious of what am I doing there? What what am I it's looking for? Probably a for? mixture of body parts, computer parts, papers, fax machines. At that point it's everything, right? Because it's a real it's the true collapse, like literally happening. Like but again, when I am looking I'm like, Am I looking for a body? Because that's what you look for. Okay, I'll look for a body for a minute, but you know, you've seen these pictures. It's like there are no bodies in there. It's a it's a meat grinder at this point. Right. You know, everything has collapsed. So I stayed there um, giving this water, and then I eventually, um, um, at one point, got a big box of these lights. Uh, they I can't think of the name. I'm, I'm blanking out right now. Like lights that you attach to your head. Yeah. That, well, similar to that, but they um, they have a very specific name. They the firemen use them. It's called a uh, bubble light. Bl- nope. No, it's not coming out. It's a square light. (laughs) Yeah. And you've seen them in all the movies or anything. They like, because light in a fire is the most important thing. If you can see, you know. Oh, it helps you see through smoke. Everything. And it'll, somebody will be walking by. They'll let go. Here's a guy with a light on his head. So all these firemen were like, yeah, I'll take one. I'll take one. So I passed out like 30 boxes of these things. And that's when I saw like the destruction on the west side. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible, man. You know. And then uh, we were at this uh, Burger King that was on the corner, which is still there today, I think. And a bunch of us started sweeping the front because we figured there was going to be the triage because we were going to bring people because like three or four people who were hurt came to this Burger King. Mm-hmm. So we had them there and we were cleaning up and that took like two hours or something of backbreaking work. Yeah. Because like we literally moved like four feet high and 20 feet wide of debris. Literally just moving it left and right. Get yeah. it out of the way, move it left the way. Me and like four or five other guys. So now... um uh, the night has fallen. It's nighttime. Mm-hmm. You know, I still don't understand completely what's going on. I see the television that was actually at the Burger King, and it's ro- showing the planes go in and showing the buildings fall. Right. It was a kind of like a short loop that they yeah, kept showing. Yeah, you know the loop that they were doing. You well, know. they stopped showing the people jumping out of the top of the buildings. I don't even. I don't even think. I, I'm not even sure if I could recall seeing it that day. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah, but you I did probably see, missed that. Right. Footage. Right. Right. But I did see the buildings go down yeah. on TV, and I would be like. I'd be, I, I, I would go, you know, I'm looking at the TV and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get I'm, I'm it. I'm there. I'm here. Yeah. That I'm watching that hundred-story building fall. I'm looking twenty feet in front of me. I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." And, and uh, just to go back, just for another quick second, before actually all of this happened, as I first, right before I get to this, to the I'm real. Well, no, right, right after I realized that <laughs> what has happened and that the building has fall, there was a pizza place right there, mm-hmm. and I go and I look, and there was a phone. And I called up my mother from the phone, uh-huh. and I go from the payphone. From the, it was the phone from the pizza place. Oh, okay, that everybody just left. Right, it's the pizza place. It's still there. It's do, you know. Did you go to the Zakati Park at all? Did you do any of that? Uh, no. Nah. Do you know where Zakati yeah, Park yeah. is? So right across the street from Zakati Park yeah. is a pizza place still in business. So they just left it. They it left. Abandoned. They fucking doors were open. You know. Right. So I grab. I call my mother. She goes, "Where are you?" I go, I'm here. She goes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You're in the trouble again. What the fuck are you doing down there? She goes, the building's collapsed. You know, I'm like, you know. so she, uh, it was just a weird conversation I had with her. Yeah. You know? And that's that. that you got yelled at by your mom. <laughs> as I'm down at the. <laughs> at goes, ground zero. You know, and again, like nobody understood anything of anything, you know? Yeah. And then the. Um, are you able to breathe now? Okay. Did that, did you get affected by anything oh now it's a person yeah i'm fine now nothing mm-hmm. after 17 years I'm, I'm actually part of like two or three different studies mm-hmm. i go through a, a yearly study they check everything about whatever related first responder, yeah, stuff. first responder stuff they have a list of specific things that people are getting right which i don't i wish i had to educate you now and as well as your listeners about the uh the different types of monomas or whatever they call different them. diseases people different have. diseases related to 9-11 you know right uh, throat stuff kidney stuff mm-hmm. lung stuff yeah you know stuff growing on you you know these firemen it's weird that these firemen are dying left and right more than they have in the past like if you said to me look we lose 50 to 100 firemen every five ten years because of chemicals that were used back when right because mm-hmm. like in the 50s 60s 70s even going into the 80s this building here the shit that they used when it right. burned it would toxic and, toxic and none of these guys back in the early days used masks right they ran into fires with no masks right you That's, don't think about that the when stuff's burning it's all that toxic stuff that the firemen run into one of my one of my good friends is is uh, you, sh- you should check this guy out his name is chief danny sheridan mm-hmm. and he and he has a uh, he has a, a a blog talk radio a podcast about firefighting and he talks about just that he was just talking about this the other day i was listening to him he's like you know my guys they forget when they go into a go into a house and stuff is on the floor the liquid on the floor that's from the television that's from the that's from everything and now you're standing in poison liquid you know right so i um i got out of there um that night i um i decided to leave I said, I'll come back tomorrow. Did you go back the next day? I tried to. I tried to. I didn't even know what I was saying about coming back tomorrow. You right. know, I just said, I got to go. I'm, I'm exhausted. I got to get home to my family is what I was saying. Right. So the trek home was weird because I like I, I, I left. I started walking because I just missed the last ferry to Staten Island. 
What did you do about your car? Wasn't it sitting outside the tunnel? It was. So yeah. I'm in the city now. So what I did is I got a ride. I don't even know why this truck was down here. This is. A, I want to find all these people. Yeah. What I'm about to say. So I I, I hitched a ride from a Poland Poland Spring truck driver, mm-hmm. and he took me over the Brooklyn Bridge. For some reason, was open. And we drove over the, uh, no, no, it wasn't open. He drove me to the foot of the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm -hmm. I jumped out, and now I'm walking over the Brooklyn Bridge, and that's when I turn around and I see the heavy black smoke with this, with this flames and, you know, like a glowing behind buildings. Right. Like something I have never seen, you know? Almost beautiful, actually. Because it's still burning for hours. Still burning hours, days, and the smoke is still heavy. All this shit is still existent. And, uh, you know, it's not like they were shining light on it, you know? And then I get over the Brooklyn Bridge and um, I'm walking on this road. My, you know, Brooklyn Bridge is here, Brooklyn Battery Tunnel there. It's about a mile walk. And I'm walking and I see these guys. Like, hey, man, you all right? Because I look like I'm full of shit. You know, I got all sorts of stuff on me. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I just got to get my car. They're like, come on, jump in. They're a bunch of young guys. So I go, no, man, I, I was just down. For some reason, I said this, and I'm not even sure why I knew this. I'm like, no, I think I'm, I'm contaminated. They're like, what are you talking about? I go, I just came from the World Trade Center. They're like, what? I go, yeah, the, the buildings, they're both fucking, they're down. They're on the floor. And I was right there. He goes, holy shit. I said, can I just jump on your hood? Wow. So they're like, yeah. So I'm holding on to their hood, and we're driving like, you know, 10 or 15 blocks yeah. on this flat road. You yeah. Know? Jumped off, got in my car. Never, never, never so glad to see that car. How bad? You know, shit turned on. Looked at that fucking camera. The footage that I would have had. Yeah. You know. Do you regret not taking the camera? Kind of, sort of, yeah, because I could have helped people. Because one of my friends, if you if you saw the video that doesn't have any sound, because foolishly back in the day I put a uh, a uh, copyrighted song on it, uh, had uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix on the one where you see me walking uh-huh, down. Yeah. So one of my friends, I'll add to this story. This, we we could talk all day about this probably, but one of my friends, I say to him later on, I find out. I guess I could talk about this now because we'll be bouncing around how I actually became a journalist and yep. stuff, right? Yeah. So we'll talk about Remind me about that story later because one of the videos down there is one of my friends who taped me down at the World Trade Center. Nice. And he, um, what was I going to mention about that? Too? You, you put a song on it, so. Yeah, but even right before that, that's why they took it off. But I was going to say you might have seen it on there. It's me down at walking down yeah. past the camera or something. Um, but next time you'd bring your camera, even though oh right, it, it's it about be, the camera, right? Yeah, right, right. Oh, that's what it is. It's that's exactly what it is. I would have brought my camera because my buddy filmed me down there, had all of this footage, which we can show. I uh, I can't think of his website now, but we'll put it on the link or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he has video of all the shit that I just said. Wow, you know, and I'm telling this story. We'll we'll go to this. So I become a little bit of a journalist, but so I I tell Did this inspire to make you want to. Do photojournalism and get more involved? I don't want to say it helped me with with journalism, Mm -hmm. but it definitely helped me with helping people. Mm. I realized, you know, after I spent, I wound up spending eight days down at Ground Zero. 
Eight days, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's wow. a lo- it, I don't mean to be, you know, I don't know how long you want to talk. It's just, it, it goes, you know, when I went back, I went back, the ne- I tried to go back the next day. Right. And there was no way to get down to the city. Yeah, because you have no credentials. No credentials, and nothing. Your, your army experience or credentials don't help? Nothing. Nothing right. helped at all. You know, you, you couldn't get down there. And my wife at the time was a, uh, a nurse at Bellevue Hospital. So I went down to see her. Mm-hmm. And I figured, ah, I'll jump on one of the buses with her. They'll probably let me because they like me because I used to go there and watch shit happen. Mm-hmm. used to go to the because she was at EW, which is emergency. So you'd see gunshot wounds. You'd watch people come into I'd the hospital? Know, yeah, I'd watch all that shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, broken bones and shit. You know. You're just fascinated by it? Yeah, yeah, Kind of, I always wanted to film something about her. See, I've always had the camera, so I wanted to film her. And you wanted to be near the action. I did in that way, but not in the way of like, like some, there are these people called stringers and buffers that have to be near the flames because they have this. There was nothing about that that drew, drew me. Right. But maybe storytelling told me. You mm, know. Yeah. Like my wife would come home and say, "Wow, we saved the guy last night." I'm like, "Really? How'd you do it?" And she's like, "Well, I'm like, wow, that would be a great story." You know. Right. And this was before, you know, the live shows. You know, this was you know, the, a bunch of them do it now. Normally, let's go to the ER in Brooklyn and see what's happening there. You right. Know? Right. So. I I didn't get to go. She had gone on a bus downtown. And I, and I told her not to go. I'm like, you know, you just fucking, you know, you're the mother of the children. Don't go in that situation. I was down there. And she's right. like, you know, but she went anyway. And uh, I couldn't get there. And then the next morning, I decided to go down. So I went at three o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I walked down and nobody stopped me. I walked literally down to the pile. Mm-hmm. and nobody was doing anything it was like it wasn't like all it was three o'clock in the morning they must have just took a break and no, I, no one's working nobody's working i got gloves on and shit i got so i go up and i start looking at it so like some people there were a couple of guys standing near buckets i go what are you guys doing we took a break we've been going all day did you bring a mask some i had some sort of like painter's mask kind mm-hmm. of thing you know? right so now i am uh i am literally um um, wait a second. I'm, I'm I'm forgetting one thing. I'm 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 actually forgetting a whole day. Sorry about this. Let me let me just go back a little bit. Okay. I'm forgetting a whole day because yeah. I actually gave you I gave you um, I gave you uh, Wednesday, which was me going to the hospital and trying to get down. Wednesday is what day? The twelfth. The twelfth. Okay. And then I go down, and then Thursday. I'm trying to get down there, mm-hmm. and I realize they're saying nobody can go down there. I, this is the one day I forgot. So I call up. I see down at the site a company, the New York Crane Company. Yeah. So I call the New York Crane Company. I said, listen, I got a bunch of friends who are down there who lost their lives. I got to get down there. I want to. I want to work. Can you hire me so I can get down there? He goes, no, man, I can't do that. I said, look, man, I'm legit. I said, I got my license and stuff. He goes, send over me your license and social security card. Uh-huh. So I sent it at that time. It was a fax at yeah. that time. So I go to the, the Brooklyn Navy Yard. I meet this guy. And he sees I'm legit. Yeah. He goes, all right, all right, I'm going to send you down there. and You're on your own when you get down there. So he gave I, I grabbed the shirt, a fucking crane shirt. <laughs> I got on this crane and we fucking drove and we kept getting stopped at every point. How'd you know how to drive a crane? I'm sitting in the hold on, apologize. He didn't hire me, right? Uh-huh. He understood the plight that I was up right, against. Right, right. And he's like, 
Want to help you out. Go on, go on the crane with my buddy. Right. So the guy's driving the crane across the uh, Williamsburg. Right. And the cops stop us every way, like five, six different times. Who are you? Yeah. Because this guy had a, a crane pass. Like, he goes, where's your pass? I go, I didn't do it. I'm coming to an emergency. Here's my license. I got over the bridge. Right. So now I'm downtown. I jump out. I see one of my neighborhood cop friends that I know for 40 years. Mm-hmm. We have a big hug. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I don't know, man. He goes, well, just be careful. It's all up there. So now it's daytime, right? So it's Thursday day. So now I get up to the pile, and that's when I see the whole West Side pile more than I had ever seen. Thursday the 13th or 14th? 11th, 12th, 13th. 13th, The okay. 13th, yeah. It's the 13th, yeah. That's right. And then, that's right. So we started doing stuff there. I started digging a little bit there, and people were digging into the buckets mm-hmm. and just passing buckets along. Buckets of what? Of of debris. Yeah, just they were clearing so, debris. Clearing debris and looking for people. Because right. this is two days later. They're still thinking people can be found. Right. Which I think they only found three or four different people. You know, That were alive. Of, that they were alive. A couple of the famous cops that they did the movie about. Right. Port Authority cops were found in a big dip. Mm-hmm. And a couple of two or three other people other than that. No. So we're we're digging. And, and I, I, I got up to the actual hole and started helping dig. Mm-hmm. You know, like with my hand, like I wasn't just grabbing the bucket. I was actually grabbing dirt and and going through it for debris. Wow. You know, and. Um, Did you find body parts? I found a whole bunch of body parts. And that's another story we'll get to uh, later. Uh, remind me about that one, too. But, uh, yeah, that's what was happening. I was getting very. Um, um, yeah, I found body parts. I, I, I'll, I'll go every time you bring it up. I guess I'll just go to the quick story. Yeah, because if we go back to it, or, so because I was finding all these body parts, because I was there now. After we get to it, you'll understand three or four more days trying to do this. I was getting lucky finding all of this. What do you mean getting lucky? Like I was digging, and I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, there's something over here. And I'd be right. Like, I was finding body parts. Is that what you guys were looking for? No. You were looking for we're bodies. Looking for anything. Bodies, right. holes. You were looking for holes in the ground. Right. You know, and then you would just dig and dig. So, you know, and here's another thing. Like, and, and I'll go right back to the body thing. So, I was actually, there was a hole, and they were holding this fireman's feet inside a hole. So, his head was in a hole, and they were holding his feet. Wow. And he comes out, he's soaking wet. He goes, he goes, I need a break. Who's next? And nobody like nobody said me or like volunteered like bravely or anything. Yeah. Like I think everybody was actually must have just gone to yeah. do what I was about to do. So it was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I go, I got it. And they go, Good. And he and he and and he gives me this this saw. This huge, I can't think of the name. It's a buzz saw, but it's a, it's the thing that you see in the movies that they cut people out of cars with. Right, yeah. It's the bumper saw. I'm terrible today with everything. Yeah. So now they lower me, lower me into a hole. Now you have to understand, the hole that has been created is a debris hole. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, it's narrow too. I it's bet. it is. It's I can hardly get in there. It's it's you know what what is it with the with the token? Who did the token? RL token? Yeah, that was it. Uh, Lord of the Rings. It looks like that. You know that 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 craziness of Lord of the Rings yeah. down below. Yeah, there's shit all over you, left and right. Yeah, and I have this thing, and I'm going, and people are just holding you, holding me behind. Yeah, 
and I'm a little taller, so maybe only my upper torso is in there, but I'm still inside a hole, and some sort of incredible sauna heat is rising up in my face where I'm closing my eyes, not even knowing how to use this tool correctly, trying to cut this one pipe, because they're like, that's another thing, when they told me to go down, they're like, yeah, you'll see, there's one pipe, if we can get through that pipe, we think there's a void there. What's a void? I don't know. Why are you trying to cut through a pipe anyway? They were To get to a hole, which is a void. Uh-huh. They think underneath this one pipe, there might be an air pocket, a void, so people will be alive. Oh, because they'd fall down or crawl in there? Here's what happens when there's a collapse. Mm-hmm. When a collapse happens, there are voids, there are air pockets within. So you can imagine you put a little stick figure and you fill it up with sand. Something might stop that and there might be air somewhere, and that person might be alive. Oh, right. That's what happens in avalanches and everything else. The people they, create the voids. Something, or something creates the voids, uh-huh. right? You know, you try to do this or something, maybe there's magic like that, or something fell on top of you. Right. You know, the debris. Yeah. So that's what they were hoping for, you know. Like, I was finding all these body parts, and I was walking them down to this one area, and then you would give them to the police department and they would bless it and they would where did you find it right here okay and they take a pin and they put it in you mm-hmm. know kind so of mark it they mark it you yeah. know so one day i was just up there and and i i was finding and finding and finding and the funny thing was is like i was telling people who i was i'm like yeah I'm, I'm, i i wound up saying i was like a carpenter slash crane guy because i had the new york crane right you know i said hey, i'm also a comic too you know uh-huh. And pe- people like didn't say tell me jokes, but there was no no uh, pun on your name. There was levity to the uh, to the to situation, right? You know? Just a reminder that comedy does still yeah, exist. Yeah, there was some sort of life there, you know. And yeah, and and the one guy said to me, "Oh, this guy's finding finding people all day today." Because I just had this thing, like every whatever area. And when I say body parts, I mean sometimes it was just a handful of mush. Mm-hmm of maybe bones and cartilage and everything else, you know, with dust. And the only reason that I knew the difference is because I had I'd been doing it for like, you know, hours and hours at a time and I knew the smell. I took mm-hmm. my mask off. Oh yeah, that's that's dead body. Yeah. There's dirt, there's dirt that smells like dust, that smells like metal. What is that? Oh, that smells like, you know, a wet rat. Right. Some sort of, you know, something that's in your basement. And everything's burnt, so the fleshy smell. Is it's, it's some of it is burnt, some of it is like disintegrated. It's like a weird thing, mm-hmm. man. It's like when our bodies, you know, they just they shri- like yeah. When they shrivel up from the heat, that's yeah. the other thing. You're and right. also shit. We all, we shit and piss when we die. We all do. We uh, you know the whole body. So it all it lets everything out. It does. It does. <laughs> so I got all of that. Uh, I got. Uh, I got. Um, so so what happened was i actually went over to my priest i was living in bay ridge at the time not my family priest or anything just mm-hmm. a priest and we were you know just part of the system because the kids had cyo and stuff so it's not like we're real catholics in that mention but i did say to this guy listen i think i've uh something is happening to me at this ground zero thing and something's happening in what way the way i like mentally I'm, or physically? Both. Yeah. I'm finding people. Yeah. And I'm telling this priest, I think I'm going crazy because I think I'm being called. I am finding 
20, 30 pieces of body parts where nobody else is a day. I'm walking back and forth. I said, is there any way, because the day before we found this thing, and I said, I'm going to say a quick prayer. And it was like four or five of us. It was like late in, early in the morning. That's, I'm bouncing around. I apologize because I, you know, I, I didn't know what we were really going to go over. Yeah. And this is a seven-day story. And I still want to hear about your army and uh, your show at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. <laughs> we got we got that might and, be that might be episode two. With okay. Us. Yeah. 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 We might have to do that. But um, so now it's it's you know I've been doing all this searching. So okay. So now I go to the priest and I say to him. I think I'm being called. And he said, well, you very might well be, you know. I said, is there any way that you can make me like a deacon or give me some sort of power, if you would? I didn't even know what word to use mm-hmm. so I could bless the the body parts that I'm finding. And it was so strange. You know, I've seen priests get mad because, you know, we had no priests in our neighborhood that touched us, but they were violent people. They'd hit you if you weren't paying attention. Oh, wow. If they were part of the sports program, they'd kick you in your ass to make you, you know, it was that type of priest. Yeah. You know, I'd rather get a finger in my ass than a smack from a priest. <laughs> you know, the smack from the priest, I couldn't go home and say, my, fi- he, he slapped me. What'd you do wrong? You right. Know, at least you go home and go, the priest fingered me. Oh, we're going to get money. You know, or something. Even back then, they didn't you're even such think a good looking kid. Yeah. I was, I used to get depressed. I was a good looking kid. You know, I, I, I think about it as an adult. No, no priest ever tried to fuck Not you? even touch me. I'm like this beautiful redhead, cute little orphan Annie kind of thing. Uh, so I go to this priest. They probably knew you'd fight back. Well, that's the other thing. We were tough in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That was like, you know, they we, we people had big mouths. We were like, hey, hey, Fada, you want to fuck me again? Right. You know. Right. I got to remember that, actually. So um, I'm now, what, what point? You, you asked him to bless So I asked him to way? do something for me to make me like a, I, I think I said like a, a mini priest, whatever word I use. Yeah. You know. And he, and he gets an ag, ag, aggravated with me and a disgusting look in his face. And he grabs this big book, which is his big book of priesthood and shit. And he goes, you see this? This took me four years to get. Uh-huh. I've been wanting a priest since I'm 13 years old. You just want to walk in here and have me let you bless? I go, that's the way you respond to me? Yeah. I said, Ego. I, said I have no idea what's going on, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I say, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. You said that to the priest? Right to the priest. In the church? In, in, the, in his sacristy. <laughs> I say, you're an asshole. I said, I, this is, I said, this is what God, God has brought me to you, and now you're shunning me. I said, I, something like, I, I will not be deterred or some shit, you know. Right. And I wasn't even saying it righteously. I couldn't believe that he was saying this to me. Yeah. Because, first of all, now, maybe that I'm even telling you the story, you get it. You get it. Some guy comes in and tells you a story, and says, "Hey, father, can you can you do something?" But he could have said, "Listen, my son. Yeah, this is you're you're distressed. You're, you're thing. We can't do it this way." And maybe you are a holy person. How does he know? Well, and you need to or, study a book. What's the difference if you say, "All right, son, I'm going to put my hand on your head, and everybody that you do, I want you to say this prayer. Will you do that for me, son?" Right. Yes. Yeah. But he was some thirty. And, and by the way, let me just say this. This fucking priest, and if he's out there, I don't care. I didn't like my younger son being near him. My younger son, as a child, even to this day, was like an angel. Mm-hmm. Like priest and 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 all the all the churches that we were thought he they they would say to him he's a special child. 
It was weird. That's man. what they'd say. To yeah, you. like he had this glow about him, and he the priest always used to hug people from the waist down, Oof. and just bother me. And he had that look. Yeah. So when this shit happened, I'm like, yeah, we're done with that. And my wife agreed completely because she had some some issues about her own thing, and she understood that type of thing. So, so now. I go home, and this is in the midst of everything. So you're done with Catholicism? Right there, I was done with that. That was that the was end. It. I was there. Not that I was there anyway, you know. Yeah. I understood the the rhetoric, the bullshit, the whole, the the, po- the mind poisoning, or whatever you want to, what's the other word? Brainwashing. Brainwashing. Yeah. Mind poisoning. You're so good, though. <laughs> We're working good together. So, so now... I go home, the internet was still, you know, it wasn't what it was now. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I don't even know what I put. I put like, you know, priest, reverends or something. Because I said to my wife, I'm going to, I'm going to do like they did on Friends. I think I actually used Mm -hmm. Friends as an example. Uh I'm going to be like Joey or whatever. Like I'm, I'm almost positive I used that specific thing. I went online. I found this guy. It was the United Ministry of something or other. And I wrote a long email of what I had gone through. That was probably three days in. So this is the Thursday or even maybe the Friday Mm -hmm. that I went to. And um, I'm explaining this letter, this whole email to the guy. And he writes me back totally opposite of what the the priest did. Right. Uh, My son, you know, I've been doing this preaching business for 30 years. I can tell you, you've definitely been called. You know, I'd... I'd be privileged for to have somebody like you who's sacrificing his life to go down there and do this. Exactly. And it's, it's like no skin off your up the no, priest's back. right? It's all priest. It was such a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. You know, and I felt so whole. I felt so good. I'm reading mm-hmm. at the end of the email, and at the end of the email, it says, "Just send thirty nine ninety five for the books." <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, oh my man. god, it was so funny. I love that they do the trick too. It's oh. thirty nine ninety five. Like oh. it couldn't just be forty bucks. <laughs> it couldn't be forty bucks. I <laughs> sent the thirty nine ninety five, and you he know, sent it to him. <laughs> a couple of days later. He sends me a thing that says Reverend Patrick James Landers. Uh-huh. He sends me credentials for my reverendship. Uh-huh. He sends me a book. What comes with this? These are the things. These are the things. Like, does that mean you're ordained? You can you're marry ordained people? immediately. Okay. You're ordained. He ordained me by paying the money, right? And using the book, I am now Reverend Patrick James Landers. Okay, so at least you got something out of it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So now I started. So that's why. So I tell my mother. She goes, "What are you, Reverend Jim from Taxi?" <laughs> she had such a great. You know, because she got she got a little offended. It was it was strange until I explained it like this. Well, because she probably held the priest at a high, you know, at a, she well, thought she, of them very highly, and then all of a sudden, wait, my son's a priest too. What well, is- I think what it was is like she knows me, you know, right? You know, how could you be a priest? Right. You know. Meanwhile, when she thought about it after I said it, I, I have very priestly like qualities. Yeah, I don't see that priest you know? running into the rubble. Right, right, right. But you know, so she. Uh, she uh, recognized it, and uh, so now I, I I go down, and now I get the I could show you the the picture of it. I get an actual pass now because mm-hmm. then they were trying to bust chops. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were checking everybody. So the I went down. I'm like, what's going on? And one guy recognized me, and he and he called me in, and the, like right through the the uh, army guys. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, that guy's with us. Nice. So he goes, hey, what's up? I go, yeah, what's going on? He goes, yeah, go to that line there and just tell them you're a carpenter and they'll give you this pass. Nice. You know? So 
the stories that I have heard, you know, there's a lot of bullshit stories about people tell being down there yep. and everything else, you know. And one of the things that I did hear as I was getting down there that people were going down there and like stealing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there were people down there not helping. Like I didn't see that. Yeah. But I wanted to be quasi legit so I wasn't like somebody, you know. Yeah. So I filled out the paperwork. I filled out the paperwork with my social security, my license, and they said, "What is your job?" And I put down, uh, uh, not even crane operator. I go New York crane uh-huh. and carpenter. Nice. And they gave me a pass. So at that point, now I'm going in and out with no problems. Yeah. Nobody's asking me where are you? Where are you going? Because as soon as you get past, I was going right to the top where they were digging, and doing my day, fourteen hour days. Did you hear? I had Scotty Lavelle on here. He was talking about his experience I, I heard that i heard that you know it's you know there's a lot of people down that you know that have had experiences down there that that you know you hear about afterwards yeah you know my my thing was you know you seem a lot more in touch with what happened where when i had scotty lavelle on here it seemed like he hadn't revisited that very often gotcha and uh yeah stuff was coming up for him it's good. It's good to revisit it. You know? It does. It does. I mean, like I said, some things were coming up for me. You yeah. Know? Like, like right now, as I'm looking off, I don't mean to like be rude or I'm like one of these guys that can't look at you. But sometimes, like I'm, as I'm going this way. No, I can't even imagine even just seeing all that and being around it. I mean, you know, I was at Burning Man one year and just <laughs> seeing the stuff I saw there. Like, still, it doesn't seem real. It's surreal yeah. to me. Yeah, it's a it's a strange thing, and you know, I found. Uh, I found some comfort in making the people laugh down there. I found comfort in finding uh, bodies. Mm-hmm. I found comfort in seeing a whole bunch of my neighborhood cop and fireman friends. So you crack jokes at Ground Zero. But when you say crack jokes, you know it's that it's that in the moment type of crack joke kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even give you an example. It's the stuff we've been doing in my neighborhood all yeah. you know. Uh, whatever it was it was and it wasn't rapid fire you know it might have been you know i do i can't remember but in a way you have to for me personally yeah that's definitely the way i do and especially i'm with a whole bunch of firemen and policemen right so like they're recognizing like who i am like Do, do you think i mean i know the answer for myself but do you think the jokes help that situation absolutely comedy comedy is something I try to tell friends this that comedy, and I say it on stage a lot lately. I say, you know, my my taglines is, you know, because I'm doing the Trump stuff, and 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 I realize that when I do when I did Trump stuff before he got elected, mm-hmm. anti-Trump comedy, kind of anti-Trump, yeah, right, not pro-Trump stuff, but right. not anti-Trump, somewhere in the middle, the goofiness, right, right. But they were taking it as I was anti-Trump, right, right. So now he gets elected, and people are a little weird. People like. People that hated Trump are now still saying that, but people who who maybe voted for Trump and now don't want to say it out loud. So the thing has changed. The dynamics have changed. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that I do things <clears throat> a little differently, in the sense of I don't attack Trump. Right. You know, I'm showing. You, have to, you want to keep it a little ambiguous so they can get on board. And, yeah, and and the silliness of the Trump. Right. You know. And what was I going to say about that? What was I just saying? Making jokes at ground zero. So when we talk about the jokes of things, you yeah. know, I recognize, you know, we're not, I'm not doing one-liners, right. but it's the, it's, it helps us. So like I tell people, look, we got to stick together. Comedy does help you relieve pain and misery. 
Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't be. You can't have those two emotions completely at the same time. And if something is going to make you laugh, you could have just lost, a, a, you know, your favorite dog, and that that laughter is going to come through your heart and out of your mouth. Right. And I don't know how it happens. So I do think it's important. Yeah. I think it makes people strong and relaxed again. You know, when people said right after nine eleven, when can we laugh again? I didn't go on stage until. August of 2002. Mm-hmm. Not for any reason. Not like I couldn't get back on stage. I just I wasn't in the realm of things because I went to this photojournalism jur- stuff. Right. Which is, I guess, you want me to lead into it now that I just did? with the, Yeah. Do you have I, more questions? Well, I, uh, what would you say? You, you, I'm sure you've experienced those people where you make a joke. You think it, your instinct feels right about it. Then they say, how could you joke at a time like this? Thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. Thank God it didn't happen. And but you know those people. Of course, of course, because it's like, but you know what, again, I think the only quote-unquote break I took, got was the fact that these guys were seasoned veterans who mm. do this. Right. You know, like after I started traveling with these guys for three or four or five years at nighttime, I'd go up to the roof and I'd see them with the hose, cigarette in one hand, talking about the craziest shit. Oh, right. You know, oh, that's going to burn. You know, whatever Whatever their dialogue is. So when you're in the heart of it, right. you know, you get accepted. And that's, that's but, but yeah, of course, anybody. But it could, also, it helps your perspective. It helped my perspective because that's how, you know, I had a job to do at that point. My job was still not documenting. My job was still looking for my friends. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I, I really found. I'm like, I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to find it. I'm finding somebody alive. Right. There's no way that I'm not finding somebody that alive. That was your ultimate goal. That was it. That was mm-hmm. it. And I was in this one area. I kept going to this one area because one of my, my friend's uh, brother, uh, Michael Brennan, was in the Marriott Towers and and uh, I got a picture on my website of me there at night one time, and I just felt that I was going to find him, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kept going to that one area, but you know, um, there was some rumor that they were going to stop digging. Right, they were stop digging. Yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, so they were. They were also saying that hey, if you get caught with a camera, they weren't saying why or anything. They were like, if you get caught with a camera down there, they're going to throw you out, you know. So. Um, I don't know why, but I bought two uh, Instamatic cameras, mm-hmm. and the ones with the you know the you have Instamatic, you have to advance them, right? Right? I, yeah, right. Because we're talking two thousand one. Yeah, film. Yeah, it's film, not digital. Yeah. Right, no digital. This is two thousand one, and it was like a thing that you bought for twelve bucks at the Rite Aid, and yep. you had the flash and the built-in everything. You throw it. To not the, sp- the Polaroid where it spits it out. No, you no, no. The actual developed. developed, the disposable, developable. Right. Ones. Yeah. So. Uh, I get this camera, you know, and again, I don't know why I'm doing this. I do know that I want to document it. Mm-hmm. What has happened in my head is I'm watching television and nobody has the footage of what I'm seeing. Right. There's a bunch of aerial photos of helicopters of all this and you see all these smoking pits, right? You remember yeah. seeing those? Sure. But there was no street level stuff. Sure, some stuff came out that were stills right. and some video came out, but there was nothing like what I was seeing. Right. So I saw flicking away. Click here, click there, click there. Nobody says any shit to me. I, ta- I had some guy take a picture of me. I got pictures like in the main areas, like there's the big, the big globe, mm-hmm. the gold globe. Yeah, you know, I took a picture in front of that. I'm like, look at this. This was like, you know, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's so crazy. You know, I took some pictures that I was like, I can't believe I'm taking these pictures. You know, 
Did you feel self-conscious taking photos down there? Not at all, really. Not because I know how you're asking it. Because now they might be a little bit different. I don't know, but not at all. I didn't. I was taking them quickly and kind of artistically a little bit. I've always had a good eye, right? And it wasn't. It wasn't rampant like now, where something happens instead of helping people take out their phone and film it. Right, right, right. It's nothing like that. Yeah, no, no. It was. It was. It was simply like. like uh, I was documenting, though right. I thought in my head like some sort of documentation, not selling to the newspapers, right? Not exploitation, documentation, and to show my friends, hey guys, this is really what's going on down here. Right? The news is not showing you. Like all my friends were thinking, yeah, I heard they might, they might have found a fireman. Like I was, I, we had a like a seated thing like this. I got the pictures developed. Mm-hmm. We came over. There was like ten of us. We all started boozing, drugging it up, fucking having our good time, just. Nice painting it out you know and i said all right guys this is what this is what's really going on yeah i think most americans didn't see much besides that one 10 second clip on loop and and all my guys were like oh shit this is Mm -hmm. this is crazy so that got you into photojournalism and you have to actually get credentials you do What, what happened was yeah because i filmed before i saw i was just walking through the west village from a show and there was a guy down and there was something sketchy going on with the police. And I was like, why is this guy down? And, all, and they were doing that thing where they're forming a circle. So I took out my phone. I start filming. Cop walks right up to me, grabs my phone out of my hand. Wow. And, he's, and he's trying to snap my iPhone wow. in, in two. Wow. And I just like started yelling at him. Like, yo, what are you doing? You can't do that. And I'm yelling at him. And then he, he realizes what he, what he was doing. And he just turns it around. He goes, all right, delete it, delete it. He's like, couldn't even find how to delete it. So he handed it back to me. He's like, delete all that footage. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to mess with them because yeah, no, they could you, take me away. Because so. yeah, you're, uh, you're a foreigner. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What are you, Lebanese? What the hell are you? I'm a Jew, actually. Um, Just an American Jew. <laughs> the, um, the funny thing about it is, like, uh, I, I had no plans of anything. And... There was a uh, thing in the newspaper. It said, um, I guess this was a month or two afterwards. Um, there was a um, a gallery mm-hmm. of New York City photo journalists mm-hmm. that covered the world trade before, during, and after. Mm-hmm. So what does the word photojournalist mean to me at this point? Do I think of the guy who took the picture of, um, you know, the flag going up? Do I think of the guy who took the picture of the little Kennedy with the thing? Yeah. Do I think of the picture with Oswald getting shot? <coughs> All of these famous things, right. you know, what, and, and every other famous news story. Yeah. No. What do I kind of think of? Maybe in my head at this time honestly is like paparazzi mm-hmm. somebody taking a, a long shot of j-lo's ass from right a, a boat ride walking away. into a french restaurant <laughs> right <laughs> what is that that's from uh what is that just i just made that up. oh that was good it was good i thought it was from like a song or something uh so so now i don't have any respect and or ill will of them no paparazzi is different than photojournalism right right, right. Yeah. although um you know what's her name is dead already from paparazzi princess diana so yeah. i'm a big you know i was up at her wedding you know i was like 14 years old when she got married woke up at 2 in the morning to watch the wedding so I loved her right so maybe I don't like paparazzi that much yeah you know? yeah well who does right right so so now 
I go to this gallery opening, and I'm looking at photos of literally moments before, during both plane crashes, and the aftermath. Mm -hmm. And the footage that I'm seeing is of historic and artistic levels that I have not seen before. Mm -hmm. Right, So we're looking at photos of one of my good friends, Todd, Todd Maisel. Um, he has a picture of looking up at the towers. And as the tower, he's right underneath it. Yeah. Right? So we're 100 stories up. He's on the ground. Yeah. He looks up with his camera, and the building is imploding. Mm. And he takes one frame, click, and he runs for his life and gets covered with debris. He's alive. He's okay. Mm -hmm. But this photo, when you look up, you see the Twin Towers at the top, the first 20, 30 stories imploding on each other. And that's like some, it's a photo, man. It's like, it's powerful, it's powerful and it tells what we went through and yeah. And some other photos, there was a guy who had a pair, there was there was a pair of shoes that were just there. This guy caught it. He just took the picture. and I, yeah. So I saw things there. I was like, oh, that's an artistic one. I was recognizing some historic stuff and some interesting stuff. It's, so it, it combines creativity with history and being in the action. Right, in the action of yeah. all of it. You know, and then not even realizing that you're capturing history. Although, like, from that moment on, you know, like, so, so what happened was I had my pictures with me. And I was talking to some guy out front, this guy, Gary Miller. Mm -hmm. He was a photojournalist. And we were talking, he's like, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I was just looking at him. He's like, oh, blah, blah. and I said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a photographer too. He goes, oh, yeah, got any pictures? So I had my pictures of all that I had shot down there. And he was like, you did these? Yeah. He was like, man, this is like art. He goes, you don't see that? And then, and then when he flipped this one shot, I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, you didn't take that on purpose? And and I remembered, I ha I kind of had. I remember trying to frame this shot in my eye. Like, yeah. I looked through the thing. I was like, let me just move over a little bit. So when he said that, I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, you're an artist. And I, he goes, you've been doing this long? I said, actually, I have, I've had a camera since I'm about four years old. So you have a sense of framing and perspective. Ka yes, but no. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I see all the books that we both have. We probably have same of the exact books. Right. We probably could learn 20 things about filmmaking. Yeah. But when you say that to me, like, you could pick up the guitar now. You just knew how to do three of those chords, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know about the Z-axis? You know, you look at a frame and you kind of, like, imagine a Z-axis or on a grid, that kind of thing? The grid part of it, I do understand. The Z-axis, I didn't. But when I take pictures, I don't do that. I just take a picture. Like, even now, are you an Instagram friend of mine? Uh, no, but we will be. We will be after this. <laughs> so what I do is I put up a lot of photos of sky and things that I like. If I if I'm driving or whatever it is, and I go, oh shit, I'm like, I got to take that picture. Like, yeah. boom, you know. So so I I actually did some unknowingly for that. Others truthfully were like, quick, take a picture of myself, and I took selfies. And don't forget, this is 2001. I've been taking selfies forever. <laughs> we always used to do it when they were called uh, pictures of ourselves. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> right, right. How did they change? I used to tell my mother, I wish I did. She threw out a whole bunch of pictures. I used to just my thing at parties was to go up to people and go, right, and just with do the, the camera. selfie. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't the selfie the way they they yeah. call it. Uh, so this guy said to me, yeah, you should, uh, you should try to, I go, how do you do it? He goes, well, you got to go to something and then you just, you, you submit it. 
I go, submit it? He goes, yeah, you call up the newspapers, mm-hmm. you tell them you got the picture, and then you, uh, you drop it off, and maybe they'll use it. And pay you for it. And pay you for it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't even know if he said pay for it, but that's yes, that was the thing. I said, wow, that's interesting. So I told my cop friend, who is uh, down at Ground Zero now, we're hanging out in his house, and he goes, man, you should get yourself a scan. So I tell him what's going on with the pictures. You get know, yourself a police scanner. Get yourself yes. a police scanner. I go, where? He goes, just go up to uh, Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, the, he goes, they're illegal to have on in your car while you're driving. Uh-huh. You can't have it in your car while you're driving. You know, And they can bust your chops if you're not driving, if you have it in your car. Because in the 50s and early 60s, the criminals realized, hey, there's a weirdo that just says he'll buy this radio for 50 bucks and we can hear the cops. Right. So it's exactly for that. It's like you're in front of this place and you're like, okay, go. And you hear radio all got a 14, 16, fucking wherever we are. Yeah. So that's why scanners were not used. But mm-hmm. as a kid, a bunch of my friends had them and I, I we, we just go every once in a while. Oh, you want to listen to the 108 precinct? Yeah. You hear like you're in the action. Yeah. But, the, but the difference is, is that you're using that and going into the action now i'm going into the action you're grabbing a camera and going to where they are so the first job i went to was really you know i i heard there was a fire you know mm-hmm. and they said someone was trapped in a car you know so i raced and it was my first time racing to a thing too mm-hmm. you know because that's a whole other dynamic do you put one of those fake sirens on your car no you can't you get in lots <laughs> of trouble but i i had a yellow one for a while uh-huh yeah because that's okay you know and you can't have it on top you can have it in front just to advise people that you're doing something you know because yeah. certain people break the law i try not to run red lights as often as i can you know the whole thing you know it's it's I'm I'm being as safe as possible because I realize I don't want to I, I I was get I was racing to stuff like a madman and realizing okay that's okay but just be extra careful not to hurt you know right because you, you hurt someone innocent just to get a, a shot a, a shot of what yeah. and to do what yeah you know it defeats all the purpose it's like now somebody else is filming you but if you did hit someone with your car you'd be the first, first one right there. <laughs> that's right you see that's <laughs> what my my buddies and I we, we had this I, I we made an agreement this guy Mizell and this other guy i'm like all right look if we're in a horrible accident you can film me yeah there you go make make the shot good friend yeah that's that's a good friend so i started uh going to these stories and i was working at night i was Mm -hmm. like working from like seven at night and when i say working i don't even mean working because i wasn't doing it to work i was just monitoring because what my buddy told me is not to get the thing to do news stories Mm mm-hmm which I apologize, I started leading you to. What he told me after I told him about that, he says, well, you should have a scanner also because shit is going to happen. He was working at a, at a very high level at the police department. And he died three years ago, but to the day he died, he was always saying, remember when I told you I got get that scanner? Because the whole police department was saying that so many more things were going to be happening mm-hmm. right after that, that we were going to be attacked Mm. So he told me, get this scanner, listen to these four channels. Mm-hmm. You'll hear everything, which I did. Like, oh, there's separate channels for different things? Everything. There's everything. There's so terrorist stuff would be on a different channel. A totally different channel. It's like classic rock versus exactly, man. alternative. Exactly. Every borough has its own thing. <laughs> right, Every right. Cer- certain thing has its own thing. <laughs> you know, there's, so- there's soft rock in, in Queens. <laughs> Petty uh, crime. Petty crime, <laughs> you know. And then you go up to the Bronx and there's salsa. You know, yeah, yeah. Cuban music up there, you know. And and this guy said to me, you know, listen to it. And as soon as I turn the radio on, that's that's another awakening, you know. Mm. Now you can get anything on the internet. 
There's, yeah. there's three apps that I'll show you right now that you can actually, you can just listen the whole day to stuff. Yeah. And if you're not listening to it, you like when I first listened to it, it was crazy because you, I was listening to shit that's not, let's say, reported. Like you'll hear, yeah, we got a, and it's a gunshot. He's got a gunshot to his head. Yeah, DOA. Yeah. Okay, just send somebody. Got it. No problem. Uh, yeah, we got a stabbing. A fourteen-year-old. Not not likely. He's gonna be okay. Okay. Uh, white powder. Like at that time, oh yeah. one, oh two. 50 calls a day, report a white powder, report yep. a white powder. You know, you'd hear rapes, you hear ev- everything you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Fires, fires were a little bit more crazy and exciting. You know, like at times at, 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 at night, I'd be in an area and you'd hear a fire, which is called a 1075. Right. I was going to say, you have to learn all the codes. I learned all the codes. Yeah. I learned the, all the codes, mm-hmm. you know, and I got along with a lot of these people because I didn't look at them as adversaries until until 2002 august 23rd when you got arrested no but i almost got arrested yeah join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. On August 23rd, 2002, I was, and when I say adversaries, I mean the police and firemen. Mm-hmm. Like I went there, the reason I was documenting them was to document these heroes. Right. Even to this day, when I film stuff, it's not to sell it. It's like to document it because I still have that that sense of of respect for these people. But I, they don't like to be filmed. Nobody likes to be filmed. Firemen don't like to be filmed. Cops don't like to be filmed. Firemen usually don't tell you that they like don't like to be filmed. Mm-hmm. They'll just put their heads down. They'll they'll never block shots. They don't. A lot of them might. You know, they're a bunch of everybody does it once. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I my first picture. I'll go back right now. We're talking two thousand and two. The first crazy picture that I took was of a fire that a whole family had lost their lives mm. and the fire was active. Like I was there when it was going on. Like nobody else was around. I got there before three of the other fire engines. I didn't know what you just to happened to be closer. I happened to be closer. I actually, yeah. this, this is crazy. I actually took a break. It was like two or three in the morning. I took a break right near a firehouse mm-hmm. and fell asleep. And 20 minutes later I heard, not even I heard the bells because there's bells that ring yep. and doors open automatically and mm-hmm. they burp, ladder burp, and like yeah. this thing happens. I was like, well, so I followed them. I knew where they were going. So, yes, I got there first and it turned out four people dead and a child had died. Mm-hmm. And this fireman brings out this baby. And it was like, it was like, oh, I was like, I was shooting stills on a 35 millimeter. Yeah. So it's not. It's not digital still. It's 2002. Right. And you're not shooting video. No video yet. Mm-hmm. Not at that point. No, actually, at that I did. That was one of my first fires. Because I saw the video with the hostage situation where the guy comes out with the same, baby in same his hands. Year, same year. Do yeah. you hear, if, you hear that, if you hear that video, because I will be honest with you, that was a shot that I had set up with the camera. Yeah. And then I was also, because this is what I was just leading to, the first, the first time that I did double was the fire that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The fires where I, I, uh, um, what, 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 right? I was just saying it. Um, uh, You're taking uh, shots. Yeah, but not. 
stills. Yeah, the stills, right. So I did the, uh, was it the fire? What, what, what were we just saying? Uh, the hostage. The hostage was the, was the, the second one. That was the second one that I had been using both. But the first one, I was forgetting. I was just about to tell you about it, too. Because it reminded me about, all right, so the hostage situation, I went off on that story, but the hostage situation was like maybe the second time. It looked like you were up in a building shooting it from below. It's so cool that you're allowing me to tell these stories because, you know, what it tells me is I really, I, I have like a like a little bit of a, not a book, but I have a, a whole bunch of stories like this. So here's what is happening. I'm about two or three months into it, mm -hmm. okay, and my... My first, oh, I know what I was saying, right? We were talking about the fire, and I took the shot of the kid. Yeah, something along those. So um, now I've been doing this a couple of months, and a hostage situation comes over. Mm -hmm. So I go up. It's a daytime. I go running up a block, and the cops say, yeah, you can't go this way. So again, I don't know what I'm doing but instinctually, he says, yeah, you can't go up that way. And I look across. I say, well, I wonder if I could get across to that building. I say, is there any way to get that building? He goes, yeah. He goes, if you had a rope, you could go to the roof. I right. go, ha ha, thanks. Great idea. So right. I'm, a, I'm a city kid, yeah. you know? So I go to the back of the building. Mm -hmm. I go through this, this alleyway because it's, you know, like if, it's, it's, it's if, if I went from that block coming to your house. Yeah. So I go through their property. Yeah. I climb over this four foot fence. Yeah. I got my all Hopping my equipment. Through backyards, yeah. I have two cameras with me, a video camera. Mm -hmm. I got an army jacket on, my hat's on backwards. Yeah. You know. I've been doing the streets for two or three, four months, got these little pictures here, got this one in there. Yeah. No real video yet. Um oh right, that's what I was gonna say. Thank you, mind. I love you. <laughs> the video, because we're talking about the video of the fire. Yeah. That was my first video sale. Uh huh. Up until that point, whatever date that is, I can't remember. It's mid mid two thousand and two. I had been shooting with the thirty five millimeter stills only. Right. And what happened was there was so much competition. There was a bunch of still guys that yeah. were good. So I said none of them were doing video. Let me try video. Mm -hmm. And now I was a Stringer video guy. Now you can get it on Citizen and, and Stringer app. Right. But I was the guy in the street with three or four other really good Stringer guys at nighttime. You know. So, so, you, so you get the footage, then you call the news agencies, you say, hey, I have this footage of this. That's, that's how Who it's Who wants started. to buy it? Exactly. You and call all of them. You call all of them and you see the, highest bidder? No, you just like, you make up a number and you just do it. Mm -hmm. you know, and you, Can you, you know, sell them to all of them? You do. You do. You say, you know, from like local channels, one through whatever. Do they want exclusives? Some of them do and then you got to charge them for that. You right. know? You know, so there's I, different numbers. There's one for exclusive and one for non. Yeah. Like the first two years I was doing it, it was like, you know, well, first year I was doing it, I was giving it away for like 50 bucks each. And some guys are like, what are you talking about? We charge 400. I'm like, for that? Right. They're like, yeah, for that. Well, because you're, you're risking your life. Well, I don't know what it is. You know, I, not the risk of life, but it's like, you know, it felt weird sometimes. Like you, there was this... There was this thing, like I was going there to capture the history of stuff. Right. But also capture the story. Right. And you weren't thinking about the monetary. You, no, you don't want but, to capitalize but on it. But as you're shooting it, sometimes you're like, oh my God, this is like, this is the money shot. Like, like yeah. what happened was I realized that 
they were taking my footage. I originally just shot and sent stuff in. So sometimes I was shooting three, four, or five minutes of footage right. and sending that in, and they would tell the story how they wanted to tell the story. Mm, right. And I was like, oh, no, fuck this. Yeah. I, I didn't, because they told a shitty story with one of my videos. Like, they right. said something about a guy. They used, you know, a video of you just standing there like this and said this guy was bad or something. Right. Something like that, you know, which they could still do. But from that moment on, I started sending in only edited versions of how I saw the story. Mm. So as soon as I get to a story, I'm already looking for stuff what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, I couldn't. I can't believe it's a year now. But October 31st uh, of last year, mm -hmm. there was that horrible uh, accident uh, murder on the West Side Highway when the terrorist down in the village. He uh, ran a whole bunch of people over. Oh, yeah, with the van. With the van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I happened to be at the club. Uh -huh. I had been doing the club for some reason. I was trying to, somebody asked me about this story the other day, and I couldn't think of why I was down there. Um, but I was down at the club, mm -hmm. and I, you know, it's five blocks away. And I got down there, and I saw all of that car, car, uh, carnage. Car carnage. Yeah. Yeah, I saw three people down, covered Three people, you know. You went so down with your video camera? I went down with my, I had my phone at that time too, phone mm -hmm. and video camera, you know, did a little Facebook live. But, uh, you know, I, I, these situations, you know, I, I, I started getting into them and, you know, yes, I made money. You yeah. know, I did make money, but it was a weird thing. I didn't go in there saying, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money with this. Right. It was really until, you know, years later when I almost got out of it just because I wasn't doing it anymore. It's just like, why are you actually doing it now? You know, would you stay up at night do it? That's what I went. When I tell you about 2002, that's the story we'll lead into. So I haven't been on stage. Like I, I started comedy originally in 92. Oh, wow. I took a class and did it in 92 for about six months. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like it, it was now where you have 50 clubs that you can do a bar show and everything else. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it was, it was, do you mind if I'm getting lower? No, I'm you're, sorry. You're I'm just sinking more and more into the couch. <laughs> I'm sinking lower into the couch. And also the, it's like he's rubbing his clothes all over my place. <laughs> so, uh, 92, I started doing comedy. So I've been in and out. So from 2001 to August 2002, I'm not doing comedy. Right. Not because I was going crazy, but I was going crazy. Yeah. I was staying up from seven at night to seven in the morning because my wife worked in the daytimes because mm -hmm. we had the two kids. And I was out at night protecting us, listening to the scanner, making sure we didn't get attacked at night. You were just worried about the terrorist attacks? Terrorist attacks, that's it. We we're going to get attacked. We got to attack at night. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. Sure. At nighttime? Why would they do it in the daytime? Do right. it at nighttime. Blow shit up, man. It'll be easy to get around, you know? That's, so you're living in Brooklyn it. more worried about terrorist attacks than a criminal. Exactly. There was no, and then all of a sudden, all of that shit happens. The fires, the shootings, the police. And now I'm, I'm known to the whole industry of New York people. Hey, Patrick from, hey, it's Patrick from spotnewsvideo.com. Yeah, what do you got? Oh, I got a fire. All right, send it in. How much? Boom. Right. You know, and then, you know, you, so that's how that life, and that's a whole life. You know, mm -hmm. you can imagine as us as comics. Now you're a podcaster, right? But as comics, we meet so many comics that are like us, and you hear so many different stories. Yeah, you'll hear so many different people that have different opinions about podcasting, right? And how fun it is, and and now that's what it is. I met these journalists, these photojournalists, which a year ago when I went to see this gallery, these are my heroes now. Right, I'm meeting guys that run into buildings. But this into, is an odd secret society of people that are listening to police scanners that are staying up all night going into the eyes of danger there's two different people there's guys at me that are going completely into the eyes of danger and other people like me and there's other people like you said which are these buffers uh -huh. which just want to be around it 
So they're not going to run into the building to help right. ever. And it's a distinction because I met these guys. Right. And I thought they were like me, but they're not. There's guys that they just like, want the buzz of danger. They want the buzz of danger. They want to be around it. They want huh. to smell the fireman. They got their fireman hats. They got the thing. It's a Weird. little bit different. A little bit different. I can guarantee you, like, I've been in the way a couple of times thinking I've helped. Right. You know? Right. Like, you see, I saw a guy struggling one time off a ladder, man. I go, you need help? And I'm holding the ladder because the ladder was moving. Yeah. He comes down the ladder. He goes, stay off the fucking ladder. I got it. Uh-huh. He, he needed my help. Right. He was he he had something wrong with him that you know what I mean but yeah. but still you don't really sometimes you don't want to get in the way because yeah. you don't know what you're doing. There's another fire on, on the thing and I and this is this may be a valuable lesson. This guy's yelling. A fireman is yelling for everybody over the radio. Everybody off. Get out of the attic. We're fighting it from out. They want to do an exterior an exterior search mm-hmm. an exterior fight hoses are going to fight the fire from outside everybody out yeah they usually push the fire to a thing and push the fire that way no everybody out this guy's calling where are you guys nobody's answering where are you guys nobody's answering i'm standing next to a ladder and there's a window and i see all the guys that he's trying to call so i start yelling there's a ladder right here yeah. there's a ladder right here so the chief goes up i go chief you got to Instead of saying, hey, chief, I think you have the people that you're calling all right there. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, chief, you got a whole bunch of people right there. He goes, yeah, I'm not worried about those. I'm worried about the guys in the roof. Yeah. You know, so even though I was correct and I could have questioned him, no, no, chief, but but buddy, what I mean is those are the people that you're calling. Those are the people, right. you know. But you realize it's not your place. Yeah. Like you fucking, you stepped on this guy's toes a little bit. You know, I could have been right and said, yeah, cheap, but yeah, these are the guys. But you you're know? screwing up the whole operation. Kind of, sort of, maybe. You yeah. know, so then after that, you stay you stay way back. Mm-hmm. You know, guy, uh, a guy, there was a building collapse uh, that I was at. And uh, all the firemen are running towards the where this collapse had happened, you know. And I ran right to the edge of the door. Because I knew the difference. If I heard and 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 these dudes needed some help, then I would have made that extra step in to do something. Mm-hmm. But at that point, there was a bunch of firemen there, and it's their job. They pulled the guy out. He had a broken leg. He was from Rescue Two, uh, mm-hmm. Rescue Four over in Queens, and I got great footage of it. You know, so it's that it's that thing. I don't, you know, the last couple of years I've been doing a lot of television projects and acting and comedy. I've gotten away from it. Yeah, what you made know? you stop doing it? Besides the hours, I mean. Truthfully, I think the real the the real thing that uh, one of the one of the biggest things that got me out of it was the arrogance of the news itself. Uh huh. Telling us that the stories that we're capturing that we have captured for years and years and you know what a good story is are not being used because of budget or race or story itself why sensationalism exactly it's like you know they you know you you call up and you you say yeah i got a horrible story of a young black kid 16 years old in the projects uh he was shot oh he's a scholar uh, no, he's a gang member. Ah, yeah, no, we don't want it. Right. You know, sometimes uh, something less dramatic, but just because of something happened. You know, there's, there's, you know, yeah, I, I, I call up. I say, yeah, I got a, I got a two, two alarm fire. I got victims coming out of the window. Mm-hmm. I got heavy flames. 
Yeah, we don't want it. Yeah, you know. not sensational enough. Whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is, and and then sometimes you can understand it because, like, let's say something in between the time you shot your story, something else became newsworthy, right? Yeah. So, like, if you God forbid, we say it all the time, you you shoot like a, a some horrible car crash, and maybe somebody really got hurt, but then later that day, there's a fire. The fire gets president president's uh, yeah over it, you know. But I, I mean, think we just saw it last week with the with the bomber got caught. Then the next day, the Pittsburgh synagogue gets shot up. Right, the bombers off the the bombers off bombs the, the thirteen of the top politicians <laughs> in this country. I meant to say this last night at Caroline's because I've been working on this. But like I did it Saturday night, I was talking to the crowd. I'm like, you know, and Trump doesn't even learn. He's like, you know, he's going to come out and say, you know, this guy's a loser. You know, all all I want is Trump to come out and say. That this guy is terrible, the bomber. Right. No, he's mad that he took him. He took. He killed his momentum. Right. Right. Well, that's funny. But also, this is what he's really. You know, you're gonna hear Trump. You know, Trump just wants, and then and Trump comes out and goes. You know, this guy's a real loser. His bombs didn't even work. He's not a real Trump fan because if he was a Trump fan, those bombs would have worked. <laughs> Robert De Niro's fingers would have been gone. Gone. You hear me? That's good. Yeah, good, that's angle. A, good angle. Good <laughs> angle. Man, uh, I feel we didn't even get to. Uh, we'll get Edinburgh. to it next time. You have a, sh- a one-man show you just got back from? I did. I did, and we should talk about it. A, I'll tell you a little, give your audience a little a little tease, if you would, what we call in this world a tease, which is uh, it's a show about the first time I met my father at the age of 29. Yeah, so you didn't grow up with your dad at no, all? No, didn't grow up with him, never saw a picture of him. Mm-hmm. After having a child of my own, my first kid, yeah. I felt some sort of, like, I felt compelled to go search for this guy. And I had no idea how I was going to search for him. I really didn't. I started Your mom my, didn't stay in touch. Didn't stay in touch. She had no pictures of him, nothing. You know, they hooked up uh, in, uh, in, uh, in 66 for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they broke up. And like two or three months later, she realized she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. She never got in touch with him. She never knew where he she was. She never told him. Never told him. Oh, know? so he didn't know about he me. He didn't know about me, nothing. You know, he, he turned out to be an actor. Uh-huh. He was like a working episodic actor, you yeah. know, not a he, not famous in the sense that you would know him, but he was working, yeah, you know, and that's all I knew. I knew three things: I knew his name, Louis Zito. Mm-hmm. I knew he was an Italian, and I knew he was an actor. Wow! And that's all. How'd nope. you find him? I um, I found him. You want to go into it now, real quick? I got it now. Okay, and then we'll go into the the, the whole trip later. You know, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that another episode. So, so he, here's what I want to say. I'm I'm going to be doing the show again, okay. so I don't want to give too much away to your audience. Okay, you know, but after a coast to coast search of of different ways of 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 searching for somebody, I will give you the tease, if you would, is that I I was lucky enough to meet him. Mm-hmm. I was able to have a relationship. with And him. was that the first he found out that he even has a son? First time. First time. Turned out that he had other kids that he didn't know about either. He he was a little bit of a gigolo. Wow. So he had a couple of two or three other kids out there. And perhaps not the kind of guy where the mother wants him to know. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. exactly. They don't want him to be in their life. Yeah. But we'll we'll get on to it next time. Especially, you know what, I'll come on the next time and talk about that. And also when I'm promoting the, the show. Because cool. I was going to do it in November, but it looks like the first of the year. Because I'm actually in the midst of, uh, I'm shooting a, uh, a, uh, a short uh, called uh, Sunny Days Ahead. It's a uh, story uh, about a uh, older woman who has uh, just been diagnosed with cancer, mm. and she goes on a uh, journey with an unsuspected uh, cab driver 
out to the Rockaways, and she has a crazy experience out there. So sounds like a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> there is comedy in it, uh, but not the way we uh, not the way we expect. But that's great. That's great. Yeah, I love your sense of humor that way too. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing these stories. Thank you. I hope to talk to you guys again. Definitely.